The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey friends, we've got a treat for you on today's program. Thank you for joining us on Afternoons with Mike. Heard daily at this time around the Shepherd Radio Network. In the studio with me, a guitar player, a friend of a friend. That's how I got to know Wilson Gonzalez. And uh, you are good friends with a man that I go to church with and have done some music with in the past named Ron Starks. And yes. he's a he's quite a singer, isn't he? He's a, an amazing singer. Thank you, Pastor Mike. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. And and yes, uh, um, I'm Wilson Gonzalez, and I've I've been known Mr. Ron Starks for wow, well over thirty years. We've played music together, and yeah, uh, I, um, I, 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 he's always been an inspiration. And it's amazing some of the some of the things and people that we've touched through with music. You know, we're living in a time where there's so many children and, and people going through difficult times, and I think music is such a healing power. And thank, there's no doubt about thank it. Thank God for music. Yeah, I mean, you so. think about the color that music adds to our lives. And I think that's especially true for believers, those that have grown up as you did. Absolutely. Your dad was a pastor. Yes, dad was a pastor. And yes. originally from Puerto Rico. Yes, I'm from Puerto Rico. And there's, there's still a church there. Uh, dad passed away a couple of years ago. Um, and, and, and unfortunately, he lived through the whole Hurricane Maria thing. And, and part of the storm had actually knocked down a portion of the church. Mm. And several of, of, of some of the other churches, uh, thankfully from here, had sent some um, some some money and some all kinds of boxes and things and provisions for the folks over there. The church is actually pretty small; it's probably maybe thirty or forty members, um, but it's still there today. Isn't that oh, something? absolutely? So what a heritage God has given you with your dad doing that. And you were born in New York, right? In Buffalo, New York. Yes, in 1953, I was born in Buffalo, New York. Same and... year I was born, my friend. <laughs> uh, and you're just a tad bit older than I. Yeah, I'm February 3rd, and I think you're March 1st. Right? Yeah, March 1st. <laughs> came in like a lion. There you go. Yeah, that's what my mom used to tell me. Yeah, you came in like a lion. I almost killed her. <laughs> but that was a tough one. But yeah, you spent a lot of time as well, not just in New York, but you somehow got down to Central Florida. Yes. How did that happen? Yeah, well, it's interesting because uh, uh, I actually got to live in, in Brooklyn, New York, and I went to, to college in, in New York City, which is where I met my wife, Amy, and our daughter, uh, Nellie, was born in Brooklyn. And uh, so and I actually went to work for Hewlett Packard in Puerto Rico. And then from there, I got to move to Orlando. Uh, and I started working for a company at that time. It was called Martin Marietta. Oh, yeah. And sure, Lockheed. Eventually, eventually became Lockheed Martin. Right. And uh, I was with uh, Lockheed Martin for 27 and a half years. I'm thankful that to be retired at this point. Uh, but uh, in 1998, uh, Lockheed Martin transferred me up to Atlanta. And so I actually live in, in Woodstock, Georgia right now. Mm -hmm. But while I was here in Orlando, I got to play music with a, a band called the Corvettes. And I also had Mr. Ron Starks help help us sing with the Corvettes uh, in quite a few times as well. So. Ron is one of those unforgettable singers, and he still does music around the area. Sometimes on Sunday afternoons, he and some other bands, some jazz, uh, what are really fantastic jazz musicians, put together some music. And I know they recently had a concert up in Sanford. I missed it. Yes. I'd love to do it. But Ron used to sing with us in our church as mm -hmm. well, and he played those congas in our church. Oh as well. yes, yes. And there was one time I think we came for a New Year's Eve, I guess you can call it a party, and uh, we actually played at a, ch a church called Grace Ministries up in Longwood. Mm. And uh, Ron Starks was nice enough to bring all his percussive, you know, the congas and his bells and all this kind of stuff. And there was a gentleman there uh, who also works at Lockheed Martin named Brian Gordon, who's a music director for his church as well. And he played, he's an amazing bass player and also an, an amazing keyboard player as well. So he had us come to on a New Year's Eve and 
We we did a, a an, an incredible version of uh, one of the Santana songs called "Victory Is Won," and uh, oh some, some of the ladies in the church came over and she says, "Oh, you're better than Santana." I'm like, "Well, I wouldn't go that far." <laughs> well, you play very well, as we're oh, going to hear in a moment. Uh, t- tell me a little bit about how it was. Did you play with your in your dad's church? Is that how oh, you guys? Got... I, I was probably 11 years old uh, when I I saw a gentleman play guitar and and in church. His name was Herson Perez. And uh, I, he probably didn't know me from anyone because I was just an 11-year-old kid. But I remember at the church and uh, seeing this gentleman just playing an amazing guitar. And I was like, wow, I want to do that. And that's why I'm saying that I think music has such a healing power because you don't realize sometimes when you're playing music, the impact that you're having on people around you. It's so true. And it is such a healing power. So so yeah, I started playing guitar when I was 11, 11 years old in the church and 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 from there, I, I just basically have never really taken any lessons. I'm just kind of like, <laughs> kind of self-taught, if you will. And I play mostly by ear, kind of. Okay, so you yeah. didn't learn to read? No, I did not. Yeah. You know, I, I grew up learning to read, but on saxophone. Oh, okay. And so I can do a little bit on guitar, but no, I'm not a reader the okay. way that some classical guitarists, the way you play. Yeah. Uh, I'm sitting back here going like, yeah, I see. Ron told me that... Wilson's nickname is Firefingers, and I can see why that, that that's well deserved nickname. Oh, man. thank you, thank you. Yeah. So, you Great. do you use that name professionally when you? I do. If if you go out to YouTube and you look for Wilson Firefingers, you'll see uh, some of the music that's out there, and some of it, which is uh, Ron Starks, is also on. Oh, some of those songs I've got to well. do that. I've not seen that yet. <laughs> So that's great. Wilson Firefingers. Yes, you can find, right. me. You can find you, me out there. There so. you go. That's awesome. And so what style music did your dad have in the church you grew up in? Um, it was mostly with Spanish songs, a lot of finger picking uh, with the guitar and that type of thing. Um, so it was not it was not rock and roll. <laughs> uh, so it had kind of like a Spanish feel to it. So it was almost like, like folk, but in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Did you guys do hymns in that flavor? Oh, absolutely, flavor? absolutely. Mom, mom used to sing like "Peace in the Valley." Uh huh. How great! Some of the art. standard. Oh line, my yeah. God! And mm. and so when I started playing guitar, mom would always call me up to the front of the church and says, "You're accompanying me tonight." And even though there was times when I was like, you know, still figuring things out because I was so young, right? Um, but yes, yeah, so I I would usually accompany mom, and she would be the one that would be singing in the church. That's so, so cool. Yeah. Now, even though you're in Buffalo. In, well, in I was tr- born in Buffalo, but now I'm in Woodstock, Georgia. Oh, oh no, I know that, but I mean, when do, when you're doing that at that age, were you in oh, Buffalo? Oh yeah, absolutely. That so was in Buffalo. Was, and, and yet, uh, even though it was in New York, it was Spanish speaking, right? Yes, yes. So your congregation would have been those that were uh, uh, part of part of Hispanic background oh, yeah. and speaks Spanish. Was there any interpreting into English at all, or was it all Spanish? Oh, I think at that time there, there might have been a little bit of interpreting, but most of the, most of the folks were, would, would speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's really great. So, How long did you stay in New York? Um, we were there, I guess, until uh, 1980, because uh, from Buffalo we, we went to, to Brooklyn, to New York. And then um, I started, that's where I went to college, and I worked for a company called Brooklyn Union Gas there for a while. And uh, after that, I went to work for Hewlett Packard, but that was And you Puerto said Rico. you went to Puerto Rico with that, that right? Yeah, that was 19, 1980, yeah, wow. when, when I moved to, to Puerto Rico. Now, what was that like for you, having lived in the U.S.? Your dad is from Puerto Rico, but you've lived your entire life in the U.S. In the U.S. What was it like going to a U.S. territory like that? It was a, a huge culture uh, change. And oddly enough, uh, some of the folks uh, used to call, call me New Yorican uh, because they, they were saying, <laughs> they would say, this guy's not from here. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he's, he's an import. He's been, he's been brought over from the U.S. <laughs> Did you speak Spanish yourself? Thankfully, I did because uh, mom was always the one that spoke Spanish. And so when I actually went to kindergarten in, in Buffalo, I had to learn English right away. Yeah, because everything was... That's all you did was Spanish. Was Spanish. That's yeah. all you heard at home? So my first language really was Spanish, because uh, that's what mom would speak. And you probably spoke Spanish, even though you didn't live there in the culture of Puerto Rico, but you probably, because of your mom, had all of the right way of speaking it the way that it yeah. would have fit in in puerto rico right yeah i think in that case as far as the language i i fit in pretty well yeah it was mostly the other culture things 
that that sometimes they would differentiate, uh, you know, me from some of the other folks from from, from the locals. And I say uh, that because Wilson, just being honest, if I took a year or two years of Spanish, mm-hmm. and then I went to Puerto Rico and I tried to converse, I would be laughed out at the window because there's no way I've got that kind of yeah. dialect down and understand the all accent. of the, the accent and the all accent. of that. Yeah, it just wouldn't happen. Yeah. But you're able to do that and pull it off, and you actually worked there for, yeah. for HP. Yeah, I worked for HP from 1980 to 86, and then in 86 I, I moved to Orlando. So you made it a year after we moved here. <laughs> we moved here in 85. Okay. Yeah, so I know yeah. that you got here in time. Uh, probably uh, the this, this space shuttles were going up, and oh, of yes. course... The Challenger accident had happened in January of that year, mm-hmm. and uh, boy, that was a different time yeah. to be in Orlando, a horrible time for that. Yeah, that but... was a difficult time for the whole NASA thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was really painful. Really, really difficult. Yeah. But uh, it was a booming area, uh, a lot different then than we have right now. All of the changes on I-4 hadn't happened yet, right. so you got to see a lot of that. A happen. lot of the growth, yeah, and then at the time I started... Uh, I guess uh, Ron Starks in- introduced me to some of the other folks that he knew at the time. There was a gentleman called Paul Reed that worked also at Lockheed, and he was a drummer. And uh, Ron wanted to go into a studio and do a recording of a song that he had called Golden Days. And so I think that was the first recording that I did with Ron Starks, by Isn't the way. that something? Yeah. Do you remember the studio you did that in? And it was somewhere in Plymouth. Okay. There's a place called Plymouth. I guess it's oh, close yeah. to the coast. Oh, yeah. It's up toward Apopka. Yes. Past Apopka. Yes, past Apopka. And at that time, we actually went in, almost into the woods. I don't even know how we found that place. To be I honest. have no idea. <laughs> I did not know there was a studio there. <laughs> yeah, but I know where Plymouth is. Yeah. yeah, and it was there that we went and uh, we recorded that song. I guess it was like, I don't know if it was a Friday night after work or or something like that. But uh, <laughs> it was like one of the first songs that I recorded for Ron Stark. So. So you mentioned at 11, you're taken by, and it, this happens often to young guitar players, they'll see somebody that just inspires the, the just the craziness out of them. And that's what happened to you at age 11. Mm-hmm. How long before you got your first guitar? Uh, I think my, my older brother, uh, Noel, his name is Manuel, but we call him Noel. And uh, he had, a, 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 I think it was a K. I don't know if you remember yeah. the K oh, guitars. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was a steel string K guitar. And, uh, usually with about one inch off of the fretboard, it was painful to play it. Oh yeah. And, uh, so I, I, yeah, he had, he was actually started to play before I did. And cause he was a couple years older than me. And so he, between him and, and my, my sister, Carmen actually started teaching me like the D, the D, the mm-hmm. D chord and yeah. the G chord and, and the A chord. Yeah. So, well, you've come a long way from those days, Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> and and while we were here in Orlando, of course, I did get to play with the Corvettes. And like I said before, Ron Starks did sing with yeah. us a couple of times. And, and it was actually, we had a, a, quite a fun time to play with the Corvettes here in, here in Orlando. So it was pretty cool. And so. they did cover songs? Yeah, we did all kinds of songs. Yeah, we did a lot of the cover songs, you know, that... Um, Pop songs yeah, of the day. the 50s and the 60s and even mm-hmm. some of the 70s and stuff. So... We had the Julio Gonzalez on the bass. We had Be- uh, Jeff Bishop that played guitar. Um, we had Terry Cox that played the drums. Um, there was another gentleman that sometimes would play the drums with us, uh, Herman Santini. Um, and, and, and occasionally Ron Starks would, yeah. he was always kind of like the one pushing us into, oh, you need to, he would help us find gigs and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. uh, But it was, it, was a, it was a lot of fun because we got to play, you know, parties and you know different weddings and all that kind of stuff oh, that's great well i know ron is listening today <laughs> and uh, i talked with him and he is such a dear person oh, yeah. he and jill i've known for years mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, what a gift that man has without a doubt well why don't you play a little bit of uh, the style that you you do so well and i think it's uh, it, it's very easy for me to see why people give you the nickname Firefingers. This is Wilson Gonzalez and his classical guitar.
was a, a song that uh, I played at the, my dad's church after the Hurricane Maria came and knocked down a portion of the church. Oh, my And goodness. there was a song that uh, refers to, like, if you have faith like a mustard seed, and supposedly the Bible mentions... Uh, um, Ask what you will. That, Anything is possible. Man. That yeah. if you have faith, like yeah. a, supposedly All the mustard, possible. the mustard seed is like very tiny. Yeah. So there was this song that uh, I played. It's actually in Spanish, but I, I hope you like it. It talks about um, if you have faith like a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Okay. It goes, it goes something like this. Si tuvieras fe como un grano de mostaza. Eso lo dice el Señor Si tuvieras fe como un grano de mostaza Eso lo dice el Señor Tú le dirías a la montaña Muévete, muévete Tú le dirías a la montaña Muévete, muévete Esa montaña se moverá, se moverá, se moverá Esa montaña se moverá, se moverá, se moverá. Esa montaña se moverá, se moverá, se moverá. Si tuvieras fe como un grano de mostaza. Oh, man, that's great. Eso lo dice el Señor. Si tuvieras fe como un grano de mostaza. Eso lo dice el Señor. Tú le dirías a la montaña. Muévete. Wow, Wilson Gonzalez. And I wish I understood all of the uh, the words, <laughs> but, but it's beautiful nonetheless, my friend. And I know that again, Ron, if you're listening, I'm sure you, that just brought a tear to your eye. Uh, we'll be back with Wilson in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. You're on The Shepherd. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years experience, EC Waters is a top trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Palm Beach Atlantic University Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Back again with Wilson Gonzalez. Now, if you uh, heard the first segment... And you heard him play that incredible Spanish-style guitar. It's really amazing. And thus, he earned the nickname Wilson Firefingers. And that's how he can be found professionally if you go to YouTube and look up Wilson Firefingers. Uh, you're going to be able to get a treat to hear this man and to uh, watch him play that guitar. So it's really great. You know, we were talking to Wilson about my our, our friend, Ron Starks. Yes, uh, and that, that had to be a real trip. Now, Ron has a bit of a background musically as well. They go pretty deep. I understand he was part of the road uh, band for the Platters, the I Platters, believe. Yeah. If, I, if I've got that right. I think it was uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Before he moved down to Orlando, he, he was playing with the Platters. So. Yeah, so he has that professional persona that, is quite amazing. You know? His voice is, uh, yeah, to, to me, I always thought that, that he could do a lot of the Barry White songs. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> because he has that resonance in his voice. It's just amazing. Yeah. It's like, wow. Oh, so, that's funny. So to, to me, it's an inspiration. A lot of times he'll call me up and say, hey, Wilson, uh, you send me some music. And, and then he just puts the Christian words over it and just gives the whole, the whole song just a, a whole new meaning. You, you know, know ironically, that's the way a lot of hymns 
were originally sung in the United States. They would mm-hmm. take, and, and elsewhere as well, but they would take pop songs of the day and put redeemable lyrics, Christian lyrics, wow. to that, that melody. And so a lot of our original songs that we've sung in church had their origin as another melody. Wow. And Interesting. so he did that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they say that even even Elvis was inspired by a, a, a lot of uh, gospel music. Oh, I mean, yeah, he, no would, doubt. he would listen. I mean, even in the, the recent Elvis movie that came out, uh, it, they show where he, even he as a child, he would listen to where they were almost going to like these, uh, well, I guess it looked like a cape where people were inside these yeah. huge tents, yeah. right? And they had these services going on and he would like peeking through and he says, wow, what's this music that they're playing? Yeah. And uh, so it was inspired by a lot of, a lot of the songs that uh, Elvis played, you know, had his roots in, in, in the gospel. And, and really black gospel music as well, uh, in particular. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that is also shown his, his influence uh, was also really heavily due to to uh, that that gospel music influence in his life and the growing up, and he kind of defied all of the the stereotypes when when he did that. But uh, you know, later on, uh, toward even the end of his life, he would have the Stamps Quartet, who was which was a a Christian band mm. that was his backup group, wow. and he also used another band called the Imperials, yes, who yes. were also a gospel group and that, you know, there's a lot of people that would say that when the show was over and they were back upstairs, what he wanted to do was to gather around the piano and have somebody play and they would all sing gospel songs. Exactly. That's interesting. It was interesting. A lot of some of the songs that uh, he came up with, like, uh, you know, wise men say. He's got his elbows going on here now. (laughs) Only fools rush in. I can tell falling in love with you. I love that. That's I mean, awesome. that's amazing. And some of the stuff that he came up with was just beautiful and, and had roots in the church. Yeah. So it's, it's a, like I said before, a lot of times people don't realize, but the music has a healing power. And, you know, it's, it's sad to think that even some of the teenagers and our, our young kids in this country are going through rough times, you know, because they're being bullied in school. And, and some of these young kids are going as far as committing suicide, and it's just heartbreaking, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And so I, I think a, a lot of times, I, I've always told Ron Starks, I said, look, if, if our song, if our music can save one life, one life is worth it. Yeah. It's worth it. It really is. And so I, I think music is just, it's just, it's, it's profound. I say it comes from above. <laughs> it certainly does. It's a gift from God. I mean, without a doubt, absolutely. And he's gifted you, without a doubt. Oh, I mean, Mister Firefingers. <laughs> Here we thank go you, on that. Thank you so much. Thank yeah, you that's so much. it. And you know, your the style that you mentioned being self-taught. Uh, there had to be a place. Now, when I was learning, I also was self-taught. We didn't have YouTube back then. Right, there was you no didn't have YouTube. There was no such thing. <laughs> I would take records mm-hmm. and I'd put them on the turntable and I would disengage the motor so I could spin it. Oh, wow. And I would slow the the record down and right. spin it with my finger. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever do that? I would take a 45 and turn it down to a 33. Ah, mechanically, <laughs> Essentially, yeah. it's the same thing, yeah, right? Yeah, right. Because the only thing is that now you'd have to like transpose the chords. Yeah, because it affected pitch and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. you have to kind of figure that out. But other than that, it was I think I had like the, the even the Santana albums, um, like Oye Como Va, I was doing that. And I took the, the the albums, and I think I played them over and over and over to the point where they were so scratched. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as soon as you placed the needle on the record, all yeah. you heard was just this bunch of hiss. <laughs> yeah, because the needle, obviously, it's vinyl. It's going to wear out, ultimately, right. with that sharp needle going through those grooves. And they're not made to, to last forever. Exactly. And that's exactly right. I think kids today, learning guitar... They just would not have a clue as to what you had to do back in our day. But thankfully, they have at their fingertips so much now with the YouTube videos and everything that's out there. It, I think it makes it so much easier for them yeah. to. But it is kind of cool to have actually somebody. And I think in my case, whether it was my brother or my sister or people from the church that, you know, we would mimic or, or follow or just look and say, hey, how is that person doing that? 
Because I remember seeing this gentleman in the church, and all he did was something like... that is pretty cool the only thing is he did it like this so he had a little bit of a spanish <laughs> impact on that i was like wow that guy was going at 100 miles an hour yeah that's right <laughs> well you know again this it's so transferable style wise you take the same guitar the same six strings, mm -hmm. and you can play in a genre of like what you were doing, Spanish classical style, or you can make it into a country song. Oh, absolutely. And, and absolutely. Uh, you know, I would, my background would have been much more Southern gospel. Mm -hmm. So everything that I grew up with had a real country lean to it. Country and, road. <laughs> here we go. Take me home. Yeah, you got the same chords. That's awesome. That's so right. you're absolutely right. Yeah. It's basic chords, uh, but it's a beautiful thing. And, and I think it, today's generation, you know, it doesn't matter what you start out with. It could be something simple. It could be three chords. It could be two chords. Even Santana said that. So you could take two chords and make a song out of that. Yeah, no doubt about you it. You know, I mean, and he did with like... It was Oye Como Va, so it was like, okay, that's pretty cool. And he made it popular. Originally, it was a song written by Tito Puente in Puerto Rico, it was Oye Como Va. How about and, that? And I Carlos, did not know that. Uh, yes, Tito Puente was the one that wrote that song because he was a timbal player. You know, I think it's always so great when a, a song like that, that is that popular, is attainable. In other words, like you said, it's just two chords. If something is so complex, so difficult, and I've seen songs where, you know, you break your fingers oh, trying yeah. to play it, you know. <laughs> but it isn't, isn't it great when somebody comes out with something that is simple. memorable, but, but fairly simple. simple. Yes, exactly, exactly. And, and I think that's the reason why I think the young kids today should use it as an inspiration, you know, that you, it doesn't have to be difficult. You know, it could be something simple. And sometimes less is more. <laughs> yeah, musically, I've heard that for many years. It's always that way. Less is better. And a lot of times people try to just impress everyone with great technical skill when it's better to play something simpler and clean like what you're doing here today. Oh, thank you. Now, I know that you said you have a song that is not in Spanish, but is in English. How about sharing that with yeah, us? Yeah, there's a, a song that I uh, wrote, I, I guess it was back in the 90s. And uh, it's, it's actually a, church that I, uh, a song that I sang at the church, I should say. And uh, it's, it's called Shine Your Light. Okay. Uh, it goes something like this.
That is so nice. Wilson Gonzalez right here in the studio with his guitar. I might add, that was all being played. If we had video going on right now, you would see all of this. We've got one of the studio mics stretched down close to the guitar, another one on Wilson, and he's sitting here with a a non-amplified amplified guitar well, that is crazy i mean it's not plugged into the wall but you have he has this little attachment called the tone wood it's a tone wood amp that actually attaches to the back of his guitar and allows him to add effects like reverb and delay and all that stuff right on this acoustic guitar so and it comes out the sound hole for crying out loud. It, it's amazing a uh, tone wood came up with this little uh, gizmo that you attach to the back of your guitar and i guess this is almost like a little ad for them really um, they, they should pay you for this, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, not, um, we're not charging them, so that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they put they come together with uh, with this little gizmo that you attach to the back of your guitar, and, and you can add like reverb and that type of thing so that uh, when you... It almost has like a little yeah. bit of echo. Yeah, it's got... Th- Again, it sounds just like being in the studio when you get that studio reverb yeah, going yeah. on. Yeah, so I just thought it would be kind of cool just to add that to it, so... So much fun. You know, we'll talk for a moment, and I really would like to inspire people. And maybe we're talking to someone older who has a grandson or a granddaughter that has always been interested, but so many times a kid is just not encouraged to get into music in this day. I think, you know, I think the best music, man, I think we grew up in the time where pop music that was coming out was so great. It just drew everybody into it back oh, in yeah. the 60s and 70s. Whether and, it was the Beatles. Or, yeah, yeah, the the impact of Elvis. all of that. I mean, quite frankly, it was the Beatles song, A Hard Day's Night. Uh, no, sorry, Day Tripper. Day Tripper. Day Tripper. Yeah. The intro to Day Tripper. That's it, right there. All right, so I'm a sax player, and I go over to my friend's house who... He and I were playing in the orchestra together, and he goes, "Hey, stay here." So I'm, you know, I thought, "What are you going to do?" And he goes into his room, and I'm sitting out in the living room waiting for him. And he pops back in with a guitar and an amplifier, hmm. and I thought, "What? Hmm. You play guitar?" And he sits down and he plays that lick oh, right wow. there. Nice. I was smitten. That was it. It was it. I, I thought goodbye saxophone. <laughs> From, from then on, it was the guitar. It was the guitar from then on. I mean, it oh. it captured my heart long before I had any ability to actually play it. But I have to tell you, a, a saxophone they say is the instrument that's more closely related to the human voice. It is. It's you, in the same range. When yeah. you listen to somebody play a, a saxophone well played, oh, it, it'll take you to to the universe. You just can't sing when you're playing it, though. It's just, <laughs> right. It's just beautiful. That's it's just, it. Kind of like the Kenny G thing or yeah. whatever, but oh, yeah. it's just a beautiful instrument. So. Well, you know, I lost my chops. I bought a sax again probably <laughs> about uh, 2011, 2012, somewhere in there, and I bought one on uh, Facebook Marketplace. Or it probably was uh, Craigslist back then, mm-hmm. and I got a great deal on this guitar. I picked it up. It was worth a lot more than I paid for it, mm-hmm. and I ended up selling it because of the fact that I, I realized, you know, uh, my chops, even though I'm in my brain, I know how to play. Uh, my my body was not cooperating mm-hmm. with me. So my embouchure, the lips, you have mm-hmm. to develop all of those muscles. Mm-hmm. So for someone to have kept that up when they're older is a real important thing. They don't realize that they did the right thing by keeping yeah. their chops. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, so It really is a beautiful instrument, though. So it's an inspiration. I love it. It's an inspiration. I think in, in my case... Uh, I want to say it was, I want to hold your hand. We were talking about the, the Beatles. <laughs> the Beatles, yeah. And when I first heard, I want, I want to hold your hand. Yeah. When I first heard that, I was like, wow. I said, that's amazing. I think I want to do something like that. And I remember when we first uh, left Hewlett Packard and I came to move you to Orlando, I remember telling my wife, Amy, I said, I'm going to work for about five years. At that time, it was Martin Marietta. And of course, now it's Lockheed Martin. Um, I, I told her, I'm going to work for five years. And after that, I'm going to hit the road. You're going to go into music full time. I'm going to hit the road. I said, I'll I'll do my best to pay the house down so that you don't have to worry about the house, maybe, but I'm going to hit the road. And as it turns out, that never really happened. Right. (laughs) But what did happen was that I did get to play with the Corvettes, you know, here in Orlando. So, and then I've always stayed. I think music has always been my first love. 
Yeah, I think that is probably without a doubt the, the truth. And it has been, you know, there's a difference in it being a vocation and an avocation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for you, that that's what it's been. But you do get to play kind of in a semi-pro play when you're out mm-hmm. there. And I've had the chance to do the same. But uh, I'm grateful that I did not try to make it a full-time oh, thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Many times I, I, I've even told my wife, I said, I think the good Lord has probably spared me from a lot of things. Because sometimes you hear about... You know, the folks that go out, there's these kids that go out and say, oh, I want to play in a band, and they hit mm-hmm. the road, and next thing you know, you're on a bus, and you're touring across the country, and you're going from one place to another. You wake up one morning, you don't know where you're at. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, you also get, you know, the, the wrong influences in your life, where the next thing you know, you're doing drugs. I mean, the same thing happened to Elvis. You know, he needed the drugs to be up and, and, and be ready for a performance, and then at nighttime, he couldn't sleep, so now he needed drugs to Diff- go to different sleep. Different drugs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So next thing you know, you're caught in that world, and the yeah, thing it's is, tough. it's so easy to get caught up in it, and you don't even realize that it's happening to yeah. you until it's too late. That's right. And that's why I've told my wife, I said, I think in, in, a spi- in spite of the fact that music has been my first love for many, many years... I think the good Lord has probably saved me from a lot of things. I think so, too. <laughs> Wilson Gonzalez is my guest. We'll be back with him in a moment. Don't go away. This is Afternoons with Mike. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. Wilson is with me today, Wilson Gonzalez, and he is down in the Central Florida area. Return home and really in some ways Mm -hmm. because you spend a lot of time in Central Florida. Yes, sir. Not only playing music, but also working at, at back then, Martin Marietta, ultimately known as Lockheed Martin. Yes, yes. I started in 1986, and uh, in 1998, they transferred me up to the Atlanta area, so I live now up in Woodstock, uh, Georgia. I always uh, say Woodstock, New York, where rock and roll was born, <laughs> but it's really Woodstock, Georgia. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I worked there as uh, basically a software engineer. I did a lot of computer programming, uh, C++, some Java. Um, there was a, uh, we had to learn something called SAP, which was the reason why they transferred me up to Atlanta. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, it was a fantastic career, and I was obviously thankful that I had that opportunity. But all, the t- all that time, and usually on the weekends, especially while I was here in Orlando, um, we were, I was usually playing on the weekends. So, so I, I yeah. would say uh, maybe 11 out of those 12 years that I was here, I was out there playing on the weekends. I guess you yeah. call it a weekend warrior. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And again, that's something that a lot of musicians will do to kind of scratch that itch that music is in there because you can do that. And a lot of bands, are they get actually very good. Oh, yeah. Uh, and maybe uh, not that different from what a full-time band would be. Isn't it funny, though, how sometimes you see bands or individual artists and they'll get a contract and they're really, they have what that this little odd thing about them. I don't know. It's like the it factor. But another band can be just equally talented and sound great and Absolutely. sing the songs with the same capabilities, and they're not going to make it. Absolutely. I, I'll never understand how that works. Yeah, I think that was the case, I think, with Huey Lewis and the News, <laughs> where I think initially nobody thought that they would make it, but they, were, they turned out to be Somehow amazing. they did. Yeah. They had that amazing. thing going. Absolutely. Now, I have to ask this because I found it so amazing that a guitar player with your ability is also an engineer, and most of the time, uh, musicians are kind of like what I call right brainers. They're they're more um, maybe less on the exacting uh, school math side or whatever. But that's not always the case at all, and obviously not with you. Yeah, thankfully I, I was able to have a successful career and and uh, basically doing computer programming and computer science. So uh, I think the music. I think what happens is a lot of times you always in life have to have a plan B. There's you know there's your first love, and maybe in my case was music. But then you you realize that, well, I also have bills to pay yeah. and I have to provide for my family. And so in that case, then you have plan B. And so and many times plan B will take over your life. Like in my case where I thought that coming here to Orlando, I would work for five years and go off and play music. 
And that's not how it worked out. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I, I ended up doing twenty seven and a half years at, at Lockheed Martin. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, there's. I, I guess you can. I don't know if you can call it splitting the brain, where there's like an A portion and a B portion. I'm not exactly sure how that all works, but I think it's kind of. It, it is definitely possible to have a, a full a time career and still do music on the side. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to quit your job and and you know get on a bus and start touring across this country. I mean, unless that's what your calling is, and then. I guess that's okay, but I think in my case it was not. Now, here's another question for somebody of your ability and your talent. Uh, a lot of people would feel that the music of today, uh, with the emphasis on electronics and, and all of that, they would feel that the music of the 70s, 60s, 70s, even early 80s, is still more memorable. Would you be one who would believe that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. As soon as you hear songs like, uh, I've got sunshine on a cloudy day. Yeah. Because when it's cold outside, I've got the month of May. And as soon as you hear, my guess Everyone's what singing. Can make me sing this way. My girl, my girl, my <laughs> girl. I'm talking about my girl, my girl. I mean, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. As soon as you yeah. hear that, I mean, people hit the dance floor. And so uh, to me, I'm, uh, maybe it has something to do with the, the time of, that we were that we were born or mm-hmm. the, that we were alive and that we we heard these songs on the radio and they became a part of who we are today. But I think even the young generation today, when they hear some of these songs, they think, oh, that's a new song. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of those new songs, they're not really new songs. They're not new songs at all, <laughs> but they're memorable songs. And they uh, they have that ability. I think music does this in general to kind of take you back to another time, another so, place. I've always found it amazing that it's like I can even smell smells yeah. that I would have been in my environment back in that day. I mean, it's crazy how that happens. Yeah. The song that you hear, the lyric, it just grabs a person and takes them back. It takes you right back. And especially in the case where you're young and you're falling in love and, and you have this one person that becomes your life partner and all of a sudden you, there's a song that associates you with that time mm-hmm. and place. And like you said, uh, Pastor Mike, it'll take you right back to that and, and to that place in time. And you say, oh, my God, I still remember my, the first love with my wife or, you know, yeah, that significant right. other. Now, speaking it, of that, you and Amy, how long have you been married? Uh, in February, it'll be 50 years. Sir. Wow. 50 years. Congratulations. We, thank you. Yeah. We got married uh, six days after my birthday when I was 21. Uh, so it's so, so it was our, our anniversary is February the 9th. I was born on February the 3rd and, uh, we got married in 1974 and our daughter was born in 76. And now we have a 13 year old granddaughter, Daisy Luna, who I can't believe she's in the eighth grade already. They grow up way too fast. They do. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, yeah, Amy and I, it's going to be 50 years that we've been married. Yeah. Yes. yes. And, that... and you know, thankfully she's, she's, Amy's been one uh, that's always backed me up musically you know, she's realized that it's not necessarily what pays the bills, but at the same time, she realized that it's always been my first love. So just last Christmas, she got together with my daughter and got me a, a brand new PRS bass guitar because I needed a bass guitar because I've been working on some of my uh, my music and yeah. recordings. And I have a little recording studio that I do downstairs. And uh, she says, well, what is it you need? I said, well, I'm having issues with an old bass guitar that I had. And she says, oh, how about I get you a new one? I'm like, Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. There you go. <laughs> so a- Amy's always been very supportive. And, yeah. and basically my whole family has been very supportive. So. And I showed you my tailor that my wife bought me on our 25th wedding anniversary. And she saved for a couple of years. I bet. And we all wondered why we were having some meals that were maybe a little less fancy and it's because she was skimming from everywhere and saving up and (laughs) it was just amazing but talk about a surprise oh wow and the sacrifices i mean everybody Uh, makes sacrifices so that we could finally have you know quality instruments you know that you could that you could play and sound because obviously you have to have some kind of quality instruments to be able to sound good 
So I, I think it's amazing that our, our both your wife and my wife yeah. have been very supportive of, of us, you know, throughout the years, really. <laughs> and there's no doubt about it. And, you know, I've been privileged to play as you have with bands. And uh, there's a couple of tribute bands that I played for. One was a Patsy Cline. Oh, wow. And uh, you talk about fun. I mean, you know, oh, we yeah. would we'd go to these concerts and they'd be in these big fancy halls and everyone's in their formal attire and the whole night is set as if it were 1959. Mm-hmm. And everyone, the entire night, Wilson, stayed in character. Oh, wow. And never broke character. That's awesome. So the things they talked about it was as if they were happening in 1959. Wow. And it was a great time. And we wow. had a blast doing that. And those are kinds of memories that when you get to do that, it, it really it, it really does... Uh, just mean a lot to you and it's it's something fun and music has always been that i've i found for me too and i'm sure the same for you music Mm -hmm. was a personal calmer in my life so when i'd be troubled i'd find myself going and getting my guitar oh absolutely and they say that even if you don't go out and play professionally um if you play an instrument doesn't really matter what kind of instrument it's just a guitar tends to be probably the most popular one but they say music is therapy it is i mean if you're feeling down you're feeling depressed Grab your guitar, and, and even if you don't know a lot of chords, just sing a song, and you'll see, or just play a melody, and you'll see how it's soothing to the soul. It's, 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 it really is, has healing powers. We've got I, about four minutes left, and I'd like for you to make some of those healing powers happen here. There's another <laughs> song that you could kind of, uh, we'll, we'll kind of use this as our going out here. Sure. But uh, tell us a little bit about this. Yeah, this was a song that I, I wrote, um, I guess, back in the early 90s. It, it was a song, it's called You Make Me Feel. And uh, it has uh, obviously Christian overtones, but I remember playing this song at uh, one of the beaches, and believe it or not, in Puerto Rico, I was working for Hewlett Packard, and I played the song at one of the beaches, and, and there was a, a crowd of people that were there. The place was packed, and next thing I know, they were singing the chorus with me, and I was like, do these people know this song? <laughs> How did they do that? <laughs> I just wrote this. How do these people know this song? <laughs> anyway, this song is called You Make Me Feel. It goes something like this. Gonzalez, otherwise known as Wilson. Is it Wilson G. Firefingers? Did I see the G in there? 
Uh, there is a G because uh, my last name is Gonzalez, so sometimes I would put Wilson G Firefingers. Yeah. But even if you just put Wilson Firefingers, you can find me out All there. All right. Absolutely. It's, it's going to be uh, available, and you can go to yes. YouTube, find Wilson's music right there. Hey, this has been Treat. Such a different day for my program <laughs> to you. have somebody with uh, a thank guitar. You for have, thank you for having me, Pastor Mike. Oh, thank you so this much. is my pleasure. <laughs> and I know everyone out there has enjoyed this because it is so good, man. You're a fine player, and what an honor I had earlier to do a little bit of jamming with you. But Absolutely. And anytime, anytime I'm in town, I'll be more than happy to oh hook my up gosh. with you once again. And, yeah, let's... and our thanks to Mr. Ron Starks, because he was the one that told me to give you a call. So. He connected us, <laughs> and I appreciate that. And Ron is such a great guy, yeah, and I appreciate him so much, as do I you. And, oh, and God you. bless you, and have a great time. God bless you, sir. While you're here in the fine, uh, free state of Florida. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We're, we're definitely enjoying it, having a great time. So thank you once again for having me, Pastor. It's wonderful to have you, Wilson. Wilson Gonzalez and friends, thank you for being with us as well. We'll see you next time right here on Afternoons with Mike.